When Moses led the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt, he learned the power and the love of God. Join me, Pastor Hook, as we learn lessons from the Exodus and God's great rescue. We are in chapter episode 61 of our study, Exodus, God's Great Rescue. And we left off yesterday talking about um, the different pieces of stuff that go into the temple. There was the altar, the basin that we wash in. There's the incense. All the pieces are now set up. So God has told Moses what he wants, the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, and all the different components. He all has that lined up. And now it's time to kind of get it done. So now we are going to just continue reading in chapter 31 because God even has more instruction, but it's an interesting instruction. So let's just go into this. So Exodus 31, beginning at verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom and understanding, with knowledge and with all kinds of skills, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Moreover, I have appointed Oholiab, son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan, to help him. Also, I have given ability to all the skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you, the tent of meeting, the Ark of the Covenant law, and the atonement cover on it, and all the other furnishings of the tent. So let me just stop right there. So now God is not only given the dictate of what it's all supposed to look like and the dimensions and everything like that, but he's also chosen people who he wants to build it. Now, these people did not just come uh, overnight with the ability to do these things. These were craftsmen that perhaps were craftsmen back in Egypt. Because remember, Egypt had a lot of money and these were slaves. Slave labor um, is free. So you have the ability to be able to bring these people along when, when, when you've got slave labor. Then then the amount of labor is not as important because you're not paying them an hourly wage. Basically, you're paying them for food. Maybe that's it, right? So uh, so you can afford, if you really, really want high craftsmen, you can afford to start to identify people who are really skilled at what they do, and you give them the opportunity to perfect their craft. Today, we might have somebody who's an electrician, and they go... They might go to electrician school or they might just work on an electrician team for a period of time, kind of learn the trade. And after three to five years, then they're a journeyman electrician and they can do everything because they've done it so many times. They've seen the plans. They don't know how to, they know how to interpret the plans. They know how to put that in the building. So this is the same thing. These are, these are probably people that came out of Egypt and perfected their craft. And, and Moses hears from God that he wants him to use uh, these two people, Bezalel and Aholiab. So um, this is rather specific. I, I find this interesting that God actually specifies who he wants to work on his temple. Because you'd think, well, as long as we've got the specifications down, that's good enough. But God's like, no, I want you to go one step further. I want you to get the best of the best, and this is the best of the best. 
this guy, um, uh, Bezalel, is uh, is the guy who's going to kind of oversee all this. Oholiab is his assistant. And these are the people I want you to put in charge of building the temple. I want the highest craftsmanship you can possibly muster. Now, the interesting thing is, is that this is still, if you think about it, this is still out in the middle of nowhere. This is not a cathedral. This is not a building that's going to last for a long time. This tent, they roll up and they take with them. And all the artifacts that they put inside here is all stuff that they carry with them. This is a portable, when we started a worship at, uh, back in 2005 for Christ Lutheran Vale, we borrowed Cienega High School Dining Auditorium. And so we brought in all the artifacts to create a place for worship on Sunday morning. Then we packed it all up and we took it out again. And we did that for 12 years or 15 years or however long it was, a long, long, long time. And, um, but now, uh, this, these people are doing the exact same thing. They're packing it up and they're taking them, taking it with them. And so the pieces that are used are of high quality craftsmanship. And because they're of high quality craftsmanship, they're able to take this presence of God with them wherever they go. And they can go anywhere. They can go to any field. They can go at any part of the country and they can set up and all of a sudden they have an instant tent of meeting, uh, tabernacle for, for God. Uh, and eventually all of this then goes to Jerusalem where they build the ultimate uh, temple uh, and, and make that a place for God. But what God demands isn't necessarily, I think this is the main point of this, that that God doesn't necessarily demand a specific location. Um, uh, how do I say this? The, what, God, what God demands from a particular people at a particular time is the best that they can produce with the materials and the skills and everything they have around them. That is, uh, man, if that's not a definition of a church. So if a church is going to build or if the church is going to construct, some churches might have land. And so they go and they build, you know, something temporary on the land. Other churches might not have land, but they've got access to a place where they like a, like a dining auditorium. And so they create church in the dining auditorium. The place, the design for the modern day church doesn't matter as much as the importance from God to look, to stop, to look, to see what resources you have what skill sets you have, and to kind of take the best of that and and create the best that you can for God. That truly is what God's looking for. He wants, he wants people to, to do the best they can under the resources that they have. And even in the modern day church, as we move, you know, as different churches form and grow and do all those things, God isn't necessarily concerned about the final design of it as much as he is, is that we do the best that we can. Because not every church has the same resources as every other church. Not the, Even the people in the church might not have the same resources as people in another church. Some churches might have a lot of wealth. Some churches might have a lot of skill set. Some people might have a lot of time. Uh, you know, it, it depends upon what each church has and it's the responsibility of this guy, Bezalel, uh, 
to make sure that 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 we maximize the skills that we do have. And it's God and Moses that kind of look and plan and say, okay, this is what we can do. And so this is what we're going to do. God told Moses, this is the skill set that you have in your group. And so this is what I want it to look like. And this will be a lasting, these will be lasting pieces that you can carry with you through the journey in the wilderness. Now at this time, Moses, I don't think had any idea there's going to be 40 40 years in the wilderness, but, um, but God knew and God knew that they would need to take these pieces with them from place to place because they would be in the wilderness for a very, very long time. Um, yeah, and Bezalel, or Bezalel, I looked it up. I think it means um, shadow of the Lord, uh, which means the protection of God or the shadow of God in the in the presence in the in the shadow of God. Uh, Aholiab, I'm not sure what that means. Um, not as much of a, a Hebrew name as Bezalel is. Um, all right, let's keep let's keep reading because he goes on. The table, this is verse eight, the table and its articles, the pure gold lampstands and all its accessories, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering, and all of its utensils, the basin with the stand, and also the woven garments, both the sacred garments for the Aaron the priest and the garments for his sons when they serve as priests, and the anointing oil and fragrant incense for the holy place, They are to make them just as I commanded you. So God now lists all the different pieces that he's just told Moses to construct. The table, its articles, the lampstand, the gold, that's the menorah, if you'll remember, all the the accessories, the altar of incense, and all of this stuff, all of this, I've given you instructions, and now you need to go and you need to build it up. And, um, And so that's his instruction to Moses. So Moses says, okay, I can do that. Um, but then God says something interesting, you know, and I've given you all this stuff and you need to do it. Now, what would be the first thing that Moses would do? He'd go, okay, you know, if Moses is, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, let's get done, things kind of, let's get things done kind of leader. He would go back to the people and go, okay, boom, 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 boom. Let's get this done. Let's get this done and work the people over time to make sure that they get this done. But God reminds Moses that they're still under the, the Ten Commandments. So let's look at that. So verse 12 of chapter 31. Then the Lord said to Moses, say to the Israelites, you must observe my Sabbaths. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come. So you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. Observe the Sabbath because it is holy to you. Anyone who desecrates it is to be put to death. Those who do any work on that day must be cut off from their people. For six days work is to be done, but the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day is to be put to death. The Israelites are to observe the Sabbath, celebrating it for the generations to come as a lasting covenant. All right, Uh, we'll continue reading verse 17. It will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and it was refreshed. When the Lord finished speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him the two tablets of the covenant law, the tablets of stone inscribed by the finger of God. All right. So this is um, another warning from God that 
that they are to observe the Sabbath. All of this stuff that they're doing to build the temple, the skill sets, um, all of this stuff, still remember to take the Sabbath. And this, my friends, is... um, Now, you would think the punishment is death. You'd think that's a pretty high punishment for just violating the idea of working on the Sabbath. But you have to remember a couple things. First of all, God um, did create the Sabbath for man, not man for the Sabbath, as Jesus said. In other words, the Sabbath was created so that man should rest because man in his achievement mode which many leaders are in achievement mode. Let's get things done. Uh, Many leaders forget about the fact that people need rest. They absolutely must have rest. And for me, I am a person who likes to work a lot. And so for me, uh, Sabbath can be very, very hard. And it's taken me quite a long time in my journey on this earth to realize that I have to take care of myself. I have to make sure that I have times of rest. I have to make sure that that I have times where I get away from everything and not have the struggles and the stresses of the day, uh, you know, bearing down upon me. And I I have come to a place now where I am in my life where I understand this and I think I do take fairly decent care of myself um, because it's so easy and it has been so in my life. When I look back at how much, you know, how much <laughs> I did not follow this commandment very well um, and, uh, you know, violated um, things that I shouldn't violate, to, you know, to make sure that I was doing more and more and more and, at some point you realize that first and foremost, you have to follow God. You have to take the time to rest that God requires. And so uh, it has taken me a long time to get here, but that's what I do. My, my encouragement to anybody who does work in the church particularly is that there has to be times of rest. And nobody's, gonna, nobody's going to carve that out for you except you. And you can only do so much. So you have to carve out, you have to stay true and faithful to making sure that you carve out times of rest. And this is over and above our own needs, you know, working for our own needs. And this is over and above the times that you might spend, you know, volunteering for the church or volunteering, you know, for any organization, really. At some level, deep down, God wants us all to make sure that we stop and we pause and we provide times of rest. And the only one that's going to be able to to kind of enforce that in your life is you. Um, and I I uh, I don't know how to say that any any more plain or any or any cleaner, uh, the, because sometimes we realize that we are the ones that God has gifted with the skilled craftsmanship to make sure that things get done. And so everybody's waiting on, you know, Oholiab and waiting on Bezalel to make sure that this, all this stuff gets built. And so you've got these people that are, you know, basically alligators biting at their feet saying, okay, get this done, get this done, get this done. And it's really easy for people by like Bezalel and Oholiab to say, okay, we've got to get this done. Let's work through Sabbath. But God says, no, I don't want you to. 
I know this is a difficult burden to put on you, but you need to take care of yourself. You have to have a Sabbath. It reminds you of the day of rest from creation, but it's also a time to recharge your batteries. Otherwise, it's going to be bad for you. Um, and so, and so, this is this is why people, you know, build, particularly people like. Uh, even our current president, right? There are times in his life when he goes to Camp David or goes to wherever he is to make sure that he provides times of rest. And our current president is older, and so he needs, uh, you know, he needs to make sure that he has that time of rest. When you're young in your 40s and 50s, right? Time of rest isn't as important as you get older. But the, but it's. It, but you, we need to carve that out. We need to make sure that our leaders do take that time of rest because they need it. Uh, and it, and it's so easy to get overwhelmed. And then if your leader dies or if the people die because they haven't rested, well, where, where good is that? So that's why God put such, I don't know if God had anybody die. Like, I don't know if, if Moses put to death anybody who violated work on the Sabbath. Um, I think that this prohibition by God and this this charge of death wasn't put there because um, he wanted everybody to die. I think, and, and we don't have any recorded case of somebody who does work on the Sabbath uh, throughout this whole construction period, right? Um, it's it's a it's a it's a high bar that God sets because He doesn't want anybody working on the Sabbath. And if anybody does end up working on the Sabbath, I'm sure that there's a way to redeem that person. Uh, but what God is saying is that make sure you take time for yourself. The Sabbath was made for man. You have to take rest. It's so easy for people to put so much pressure around you to get things done that this idea of the Sabbath can go to the wayside. And then where are you? People who work Man, this is so true with our culture today. We have, we have instant communication. So if you are a manager like Moses or Bezalel, that Bezalel, you are. Um, it's so easy to get communication to lead people twenty four seven, and I don't. I'm not denying that that happens, but the, but there are times then if you're living in today's world with today's instant communication, then you have to carve out for yourself specific times when you turn off the phone, you turn off the internet, you turn off all the ways of communication, and you make sure that you get your Sabbath rest. And it, and it, it in today's world, it doesn't necessarily have to be on, on Sunday. Um, it could be any time. For me, it's not on Sunday because I work on Sunday. And... Uh, so for me, it's, it's, uh, I just, I take time in the morning every day. I take time. That's my Sabbath time to make sure that I'm kind of resting my batteries and getting prepared for God, uh, for what he wants me to do for the day. That's, that's kind of, it seems like that's the only time for me that works, um, because my job is a 24 seven job. And it seems like even when I try to carve out a day, um, it never happens. <laughs> so I've had to learn and, and shift and try to find different ways to make sure that I'm being healed, that I'm being, uh, you know, I'm taking Sabbath time. Uh, so I do that. Um, and I would encourage everybody to do that also. Uh, and then the second lesson from here is that we want to give our very best to God. Whatever our very best looks like, 
We want to give our very best to God. And it's going to look different from congregation to congregation, to city to city, with resource to resource. But that doesn't stop us from doing our very, very best that we can. And so that's what we do. Um, all right. Well, I think we'll end it there um, because what happens next uh, um, is is the... If you've ever seen the movie, The Ten Commandments, God goes, uh, Moses goes up to Mount Sinai. He gets the ten tablets, the two tablets from God with the Ten Commandments. He comes down. And if you'll remember, Aaron and the people of Israel, with Moses gone, have been busy doing something uh, that God does not want them to do. And so this then becomes a major, major issue, um, makes Moses so angry the tablets actually get broken. So... We'll get into that tomorrow, but let's go ahead and close in prayer. Uh, Gracious God, thank you for this time together. Thank you for uh, showing Moses how to get this temple constructed. And thank you for commanding that we should take rest, that we should take Sabbath, because you created that for us. And thank you for that, Lord. Be with us until we meet again and keep us ever in your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.